Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas y Caballeros. going on folks i uh, hope everybody's doing good especially during this weather man this rain i got my fence fell over a tree fell over i got all kinds of shit happening to me over here in my casa right now hey but i got a special guest with me uh jose benavides senior the man that um you know brought up all his sons to be fighters uh, they're right now tra in, in training camp at big bear first off let me say what's up to jose how you doing brother You there, Jose? Can you hear me? Can you hear me, brother? I can see you. <laughs> Are you there, bro? Can you hear me? Well, I know he's in Big Bear. Just to let people know that he's having some... Uh, I know he's had told me before he got on. Is I got some some issues with the uh, the internet because they are in training camp. They are uh, getting ready for their next fight. He'll be trying to call back in right now. I saw that he dropped off. Here he is again. So let's see if we can get. Jose, are you are there? there? Can you hear me? I can hear you now, brother. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Here, I'm, I'm having a little bit of problems with the reception, but uh, we're back. We're back. No worries. Get ready for uh, March 13th. Very excited, brother. Right on. I'm, I know. I'm happy that you guys got another fight there, man. Um. How's 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 your son doing? First off, you know, David, how's he feeling, and and uh, has he been anxious to get back in there? He's uh really motivated. He just had a little boy. His name is Anthony. Super motivated, and uh, we're here, you know, trying to make sacrifices. We've been in a uh, big bear for almost a month and a half. We got another month to go, and uh, super excited. He's a monster, man. He's making a lot of sacrifices, and uh, somebody's gonna have to pay for that. You know, let me ask you, and before, you know, everybody's going to be jumping in chat. I know they they have questions uh, to ask you as well, but let me ask you this. Let's start off from the beginning, brother. What what was the reason you decided to get the boys, you know, Jose your, and David and, and, and everybody else into boxing? What was that? What was the reason why you decided to go that route? Well, the reason is because, you know, I grew up without parents. Uh, I, had a I didn't have a mother when I was growing up or a, or a father. They abandoned me when I was like maybe... Uh, three, four years old, and uh, I didn't want to do that with them, so I wanted to spend time with them, and I wanted to uh, put them in sports and, and, and try to uh, do anything that they were good at. It didn't matter what it was. I just want to be part of it and, and uh, support and motivate them, and, and boxing is what they chose, and uh, that's why we're, uh, uh, we're doing it in boxing, but that's how it came. You know, I just wanted to spend time with them, and I thank God for every day that I spend with them, and and uh, being with them every day. When did you When did you realize that the 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 boys had talent? Like, when did you When did it hit you where you were like, "Hey, man, I got something going here." You know, and, uh, like I always tell people, once you work on something, uh, you put your heart into it. You never know. You just work, 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 work. But when you love something, you know, you start seeing little changes. And and uh, I never really thought that they would be competing. You know, I, I just wanted to. Show them how to fight in case if something happened to me, and and they would learn how to defend themselves. But they started winning tournaments and and doing really good in boxing, and 
and until they were world champions, you know, I, I, I mean, I, to be honest, it didn't hit me until they got the first belt. You know, I'm like, oh shit, you right. know, they're good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so Junior gets signed really early on in his career, and you guys, you had made the decision to go to California to uh, Hollywood to start training with Freddie Roach. Um, let me ask you: was the was the whole experience all good? Or were there some decisions that you wish you would have made in the early on of the career of your son, Jose? You know what, man, in life, you go through a lot. It's not easy um, doing what I do, especially training your own sons, man. Uh, it's a hard business. Uh, I always said, you know, if I can find a trainer better than me, I would definitely let him go. If I find a better manager than me, I would let him go, you know. Right. But I learned a lot. I dedicated myself. I left my job, man, uh, to be real close to them and suffering and you know i'm not gonna lie bro i didn't even have money to eat sometimes you know but i wanted to be part of that you know right. and thank god little by little they they started doing good but it, it was it's super hard man it, it's it's man it's unbelievable the things i was so many times i wanted to quit and i want to go back and get a normal job right. but but that's life you know in life you know you got to make a lot of sacrifices and sometimes there's no way back. You got to continue and finish what you started. So, so was it was it, it your decision it, it, at that time with Jose to go to, to wild card, uh, uh, or 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 no? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that question? Was it your decision in the beginning to go to the wild card for Jose Junior. or no? It yes, was kind of, it, was, it was. You know, like uh -huh. I always was looking for uh, more experience and to learn more and to spar other better guys. And uh, it, it's just uh, an adventure that we just had to go to, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's me. I, I've been all over everywhere uh, just to, to make sure that they're getting the right sparring, that they're getting all that tools that they need in order for them to get better, you know. So, um, yeah, it, it's been my decision to do all these things. The camps, uh, being with here, we're on a big bear with Abel Sanchez. Uh, going to Robert Garcia's Boston Gym to be with Freddie Rhodes, with the uh, Diaz brothers and all that. I believe that that's a big thing that everybody that is thinking about getting involved with their kids and, and, and being involved in boxing, they should go and see what other guys are doing and try to get the best part that they can. Now, David David has always kind of been a guy that you've circuit throughout California. I mean, he's he's far like Cali Pavlik. One of our one of our listeners, Jesus M, is asking uh, how the sparring with Espinino and Adams go with uh, go at the uh, at Garcia's uh, gym. How'd that go? Oh man, it, it was it was fantastic. You know, it, it was uh, uh, you know Robert has nothing but good fighters there. You know, fighters that are, they want to be champions that work really hard. I'm very satisfied with what I've seen. Uh, David's in a different level, you know, and uh, he went 12 rounds with uh, all the fighters that down there. Uh, it was unbelievable, man. I, you know, David does things that I don't even think that I, I never seen, you know. So he impresses me every day. That's why I tell people right now, David's a dangerous fighter. He's very dedicated. And uh, he just, man, he's in another world, you know. He's, uh, thank God that he went through what he's been going through in the past. That made him very mature and very hungry. And, uh, uh, man, he's unbelievable right now. He's doing so many things, man. 12 rounds, like nothing, bro. You know, I want to ask you a tough question. Um, being that you're his father, but at the same time, you're, you know, his trainer slash his manager, right? Um, you know, when, when, when a fighter does something or gets popped or doesn't make weight, does it, does it, 
does it necessarily fall on the fighter or or do you think that you should take some blame as well in, in, in participating in that you know i try to do whatever i can it's very difficult to train your own son mm -hmm. uh sometimes you know you're always there you always tell him like, hey go to sleep early hey do this do that it right. gets to a point where you get tired bro you know and you know you gotta learn when to back up too you know because i am very strict but sometimes i go overboard and sometimes, you know, you got to let them make their own mistakes and that's how they learn, you know, and I, I that's what I believe that happened here. You know, sometimes uh, those mistakes, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, those are his mistakes, you know, that I try not right. to avoid, but he decides to do other things, other ways. We did not have a camp last time. We we did it in, in Seattle. And that's the reason why we're here now. He's understanding and I feel more connected to him. And, bro, uh, uh, thank God that things happen because it, it brings us brings us more together uh, because a lot of uh, a lot of times uh, parents uh, I mean the fighter and the, the father they separated because of the pressure you know right but we were really close to do that but now we're tighter than ever you know thank God you know we went through that and now uh, you know I learned how to kind of change myself in a way also to relax a little bit more and and don't want it more than the fighter sometimes you know Right. Let me ask you, what was what was the cause you know the biggest criticism right now from fight fans are like they you know, anytime we're doing a show and your son's name is brought up, the 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 rant is like that guy couldn't make weight. You know, he needs he needs to make weight. What what do you, what was the conversation with your son? Because obviously he ended up losing out a lot because of that weight issue. Yeah, of course. Like I said, you know, um, you know, in life, you know, he's only 24 years old, man. He's he's a two-time world champion. The money's not the same, you know. Right. So there are a lot of distractions, bro. A lot of distractions, you know, from having nothing. We're poor, bro. We, we, I mean, like right. I told you before, we didn't have money to eat uh, um, when we were training, when right. we were traveling. Now you have all this money. Now Lamborghinis, you know. Now Mercedes, and you can buy whatever you want now, right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, everything is it, it changes everything, you know, right? So, that's also the distraction sometimes that I mean, it can hurt a fighter and it could destroy their career, you know. Thank God that happened to us, but now he's back in tracks and learned from all his mistakes. And you know, we missed weight because of uh, the discipline, you know, no right. other choice. But if he couldn't do 168, I would not fight him at 168. I'm not going to put his life in danger. If he can't do 168 no more, you know, we'll right. 175, not a problem, you know. But now, you know, he's on weight right now. He looks fucking ripped, you know. He looks good, man. Uh, uh, so I knew, I knew what was the problem, discipline, you know. So now we're back again, and yeah, it's gonna take a little bit of time to show the people and to, you know, show, you know. Right, but right now, our is at 167. If he could do 167. You know, we're back, you know? Right. So that's the plan when we played in 157, uh, 167 and not a problem, not 168. You know, we got to prove the, the world that we, another pound down, you know? I don't see a problem, you know? So what right now, I mean, what's the what's the weight is he at right now? Like, where's he at right now? Do you know? Right now, he's on the 182s, 83s right now. So we're there, man. We're like, man, we got a whole month to go, you know? Right. So he's looking good, you know? So you guys can have a little peek on it. Right now, it's pretty hard. So, you know, he's right there. You know, he's right there. I'm waiting and I'm very excited, man. We're here, you know, and uh, we're just uh, sacrificing, working hard to give you guys good fights. Let me ask you about the elephant in the room, which is Caleb Plant. 
You know, I know you guys have had beef like two years. And uh, it, it seemed to have started in that, that gym that day when uh, Jose confronted him. And then uh, Caleb Plant tried to hit him. I don't know if he did connect with them, uh, but David obviously grabbed uh, Jose. Um, what are your guys' thoughts that he's saying he needs to get his mandatories out of the way so he could unify with Canelo Alvarez? Is that is that a sign that he's saying he doesn't want to fight with you guys? Uh, you know, this is uh, so hopefully all the people are watching, you know. Man, we really want to get that fight. We already have problems, so... We, we, that's the fight we, we've been trying to make for almost two, three years, man. All the excuses that he says, oh, he's not a champ. Oh, he's not at my level. Oh, fuck the belt, man. Let's make that fight. Let's make that fight. Don't, let's not fight for your belt. Let's just make that fight. That's the fight that people want to see. I think he's a really good fighter. I think he's a very dangerous fighter. I think that's a tough fight, you know? But in order to make history, in order to go to the next level, we need to fight those guys, you know? We need to, you know? I mean, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm happy that we're fighting Ronald Ellis, but really, he's not at that level, you know, to be honest, you know, I, right. I think David's supposed to look good, he's supposed to take him out and look impressive in order to go keep progressing, you know, but we need the Charlos, we want the Charlos, we want the, uh, the Caleb Plants, you know, uh, in, in order to get to Canelo. You know, we don't care about the money, we don't care about titles, you know, we care about making history, man, we care about leaving a legacy in boxing in order to do that you got to fight fighters that are up there you know a fight a level fighters you know right, right. so that's, that's the one that we want to fight we never dodge nobody we want to fight all of them and i mean because we are ready and, and and if i didn't believe that what are we what are we doing in this game you know we, we like i said money does not matter money is not everything in life history legacy is what we're looking for you know absolutely speaking about Jamal Charlo, he had said in an interview uh, just a while back that he, it, moving up at six, 168, your son's name was brought up, and he said he could knock him out. That, you know, uh, early or late, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen. He will eventually happen. He will knock him out. What are your thoughts about that, man? Oh, man, I love that fight. That's another dangerous fight that we're willing to take, man. That that will be a pay-per-view fight, like I said, because it's, it's so big that people want to see that fight. Uh, man, you know, uh, we're excited. I already uh, called our promoter uh, and let, and we talked about, yeah, let's make this fight happen. Do everything you can. He wants to fight. We want to fight. I, I, it should be an easy fight to make. Uh, he's, he's so gangster. You know, he, 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 he doesn't run from nobody either. So he's a talented fighter, a really uh, good fighter, you know, up there that, you know, um, I think we can beat him. Uh, I think uh, it's not going to be easy, but that's the, those are the fights that people want to see, man, and we want to bring those fights to the people. So we already reached out to our promoter, and uh, hopefully he's uh, serious about what he's saying, and we can make that fight. I mean, to me, that's bigger than uh, Caleb Plant. That's bigger than uh, any other fight, I think. And then whoever does good is going to go to the next level and keep fighting those other fighters, bro. Whoever, you know, out of this winners will beat anybody, you know? Because then, then we can show a little bit more of what we have, you know? You, you know, Jose, you know, obviously, I think me and you are like around the same age, you know? Um, so we obviously have been following the sport for a very long time. And I, I've always spoke about people about, like, if they just fought, if they just decided to fight whoever was available, the big money would eventually come. So it sounds to me, you don't need a, you guys don't need a title. You don't need none of this. If Charlo decides to jump up, you guys are willing to take this fight immediately, right? Let me tell you something. You know what I tell people, right? Dude, don't think about the money. Money will come. 
you know, eventually money will come. They're focused on, 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 on fighting the good people, you know. After that, everything's going to fall in your feet, man. But don't think about the money. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to show the people what we have. We got to beat this good fighter. And then after that, money will come. But we're not focused on money. We're focused, like I said, legacy. Legacy, legacy is what we want. Uh, you know, we want to live, uh, uh, break records. We want to make history. You know, we want to go to the Hall of Fame. In order to do that, money's not going to take you there. Fighting good people is going to take you there, you know? So I think that that's what we're trying to look for. Belts and all that, you know? Like I said, uh, Caleb Frank can keep his belt. We'll fight him, you know, just for to fight him because we want to kick his ass. That's the only thing, you know? <laughs> right. Imagine that once we uh, beat uh, Caleb Plant, then, you know, we go to Charlo, then probably we could go to Canelo. But I'm not even thinking about fighting uh, Canelo right now, you know? Uh, Canelo will not fight David, you know? He wants to fight guys that are kind of like having their last fight, you know? And I don't blame him. They're doing a good job about that, you know? I mean, he's in a good position. Uh, but I don't even think he's going to fight Caleb Plant because... Caleb Plant moves a lot, you know. He will have problems with Caleb Plant, you know. His right. knees, uh, uh, Canelo's knees are not a hundred percent. You don't, I don't think he wants to chase uh, Caleb Plant, you know. Uh, so I even bet a fight with David will be even more interesting because David's going to come to Canelo, you know. That's going to be a war right there too, you know. So at the end of the day, those are the fights that Canelo's looking for. Somebody that comes to him, some not somebody that's going to run away from him, you know. Yeah, you know. So right now, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you guys have been paying a lot of attention to how PBC is promoting Caleb Plant. You know, he was on the commercials during the, uh, the, the football game. He was put on Fox and Friends today early in the morning. Um, and then you got another up-and-coming young, young star, uh, Ber Berlanga. W what is your thoughts about those two guys on their come up? I mean, well, first off, let me ask you about Berlanga. He's a prospect, big puncher, a lot of hype behind him. Any interest, and what are your thoughts about possibly making that happen? Oh, man, you know, that's another prospect, you know, that's uh, very talented. Uh, you know, he has everything to be a world champion. Uh, he's a good fighter, man. You know, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He has a, a, an impressive record. Uh, but I believe that once he starts fighting those gatekeepers, you know, the guys that have the experience, the knockouts are going to go away uh, little by little, you know. Uh, and hopefully he can... Uh, Little by little, get more season and, 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 and get better. But if he stays focused and he has a great team behind him, I think he could become a world champion too. So um, he's a good fighter, man. Uh, and if he wants to uh, take that chance and fight David, like he says, he will be making a big mistake. But we'll, we'll definitely take that fight. But I think he's in, a, in a, the right path right now. Uh, keep working hard and then get a little bit more experience. And that fight could happen later on also, you know. But if he wants to do it now, we could definitely do that now. Absolutely, man. I would love to see that happen, you know. But going back with Caleb Plant, you know, the way they're pushing him and, and stuff, does, does that, I mean, that's got to kind of get underneath your guys' skin a little bit, right? Because they're they're pushing him as the, I mean, they label him as the next superstar in boxing. You know, that, that to me, I know what I have and I know what Caleb Plant is. Uh, that does not impress me at all. And, you know, they're doing a good job. They're promoting him. They're doing everything, you know, that, that, uh, that they have to do to build that fighter, that next superstar. I don't think he has potential to be a superstar on on the on uh, uh, pound for pound fighter. But uh, you know, keep building them. You know, keep building them. Whatever they do with other fighters, that's not my problem. It doesn't get under my skin. Uh, we're happy with what we're doing and and what we're uh, uh, you know 
our our, our like uh, uh, publicity or whatever, we're 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 just more focused on uh, uh, training and beating all these guys, and and hopefully they build them right so we can go kick his ass and and, and get all that people that they're promoting to. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, um, any 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 final thoughts, bro? I mean, anything you can let the fans know that they don't know about you guys? Like, well, actually, you know what, Jose, your son, Junior, um, we were talking about him last week, and a lot of fans were asking about what's his situation. Is he going to return? What's going on with him? Yeah, you know what? Uh, he was supposed to be here a week ago, but right now, you know, he has a little baby, so he just wants to make sure they, they're situated right and they're good. Uh, so anytime now, we're expecting expecting him to come. We got big news coming, so uh, you're gonna see him pretty soon. You know, he's very motivated too with a, a little girl also, and he's more mature. And uh, I think uh, he's only 20 years old, and uh, uh, he took a couple of years off, and I think that's gonna be to his benefit, so he can let his heal, uh, his body heal. But we got big news coming soon. Absolutely, man. I can't wait for that. I've always liked your son, Jose, man. I've always thought he's a very Thank talented you. fighter, you know. Thank um, you. Thank you. You think we could take a, a quick uh, preview of what your son is doing right now in the training camp? Yeah. Yeah, and then you're going to see him. Look, he's on weight. Everything's going well. But there, buddy, a little peak, man. For with people that said that he can't do uh, 168 no more, we're ready, man. We are ready to go. No, he looks ready, man. And those punches sound hella loud the way he's hitting that. You know, we know he's <laughs> a vicious puncher, bro. <laughs> That's for sure, man. All right, Jose. Well, thanks again, man, for coming on. I really appreciate it, brother. You know, um, can't wait to get you guys back on here on Leaving the Ring. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, bye. You take care. Ah, uh, well, there you go. Um... How come I have this one up and not the other one? Anyways, uh, all right, guys. Well, there you go with Jose Benavides Sr. I hope uh, everybody uh, enjoyed that interview. Um, hopefully, I, I, I tried to attack as much as we could, you know. Um, I don't know if you guys were seeing that we had some internet. Well, they were having uh, some internet problems because of the fact that they are, um, you know, uh, they were in um, Big Bear, you know. But um, I hope it all came through, and I hope uh, everybody was able to to kind of tune in. A milk car was trying to get on, um, but it was just uh, I don't know something was going on as well. You know, he's all actually on the road, man. And uh, you know, I decided to I, I was trying to get Jose on earlier, but the time frame of us when we do five o'clock wouldn't work for them because as you could see, they were in um, um, training camp, you know, and. Uh, um, if I didn't, if you guys came on late and you weren't able to ask him any questions, um, you know, don't worry, we'll get him back on. We'll definitely try to get David as well, you know, because he actually was like, oh, you want David on, but he's training, um, you know, and uh, I was like, well, let me just get you on right now. You know, we could do that and then um, hopefully get him back, back on, on the show, man, you know. But uh, I like a lot of things that he was saying, you know, I mean, it's, you know, what's crazy is it's very difficult, especially when you're a father and trainer. To, to be the trainer and the father. And I'm glad that he said that. He was like, look, you know, I do my best. I'm very strict. I'm really disciplined. I discipline them a lot, you know. Um, and uh, But they got to grow. 
And and you know what? Being a father myself and having uh, young men, that's there's so much truth to that, you know. Because if you don't have, if you got little ones, you know, um, I did, I did ask uh, a Mokar. Would you try calling back in a Mokar? See if we can get you back on here. Um, but if you have little ones, you know, the little ones are always gonna. I mean, they're gonna listen to you because they don't know any better. But when they start getting older and they get into those teenage years, you should know if you're a teenager now, you already know, you, you know everything, you know the whole world. Nobody can tell you any different because you, you're Mr. Know-it-all, right? You know, um, but when you have teenagers, right, and, 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 and even though you, you've raised them since they were little, I've raised my kids, my sons since they were babies, okay? I've been around with them for year, forever, <laughs> as a father's supposed to do, okay? You don't get rewards, you know, because uh, that's what you're supposed to do. But then they hit that age where they start making their own decisions. They start hanging out with their own little friends. They have their own little circle. Um, and, you know, and they start making their judgment. You know, it's really difficult as a father sometimes to to try to keep them on the right track. You know, so when Jose was saying about, about David, about the outside troubles, that kind of hit home because I understood where he was coming from. You know, saying that he's got to basically fall. I got to allow my son to make these mistakes, you know, not making weight. Uh, the outside troubles like the coke and everything else. He had to like, let that so we can reel him back in. And hopefully, you know, uh, David Benavides realizes that 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 because of his actions, they're at where they're at, you know. And but what I did like about his dad, what he was saying, who does train him and manage him, um, is saying, look it, uh, Charlo, he brought up Charlo before we could even bring it up, right? And he was like, you know what? Um, I would want that fight. That fight right away, you know, uh, let's let's make that fight. You know, here's another thing that I liked about what he said. You know, when he said immediately, I was like, oh, cool. But but does a title have to be on the line? And he was like, no. You know, the money will come. And that's the problem with a lot of fighters nowadays. You know, uh, G-Funky has the Hispanic causing panic on Wednesday. And he, he had a gentleman come on, uh, Brotherhood, right, and was pounding at the table, the frustration from the Charlo fans, you're like, he needs his time. He, he, he should get it. He deserves his time for a big payday. And the word deserve in boxing honestly should not exist. That's not the way it works. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's not the way it works. You know, um, Jose speaking about that kind of solidifies what, what I mean by that, by, hey, look, take the fights that are there, take the fights that the fans want, and then money will come. Because you're actually building up that credibility, you know? Instead of saying, well, you know, Charlo, not right now. If he moves it to Hunter 68, who is he fought? They're like, yeah, let's take it. Berlanga, let's take it. Let's, let's whoever. But they're also being realistic, understanding that Canelo, it's far from their, from their grasp at this moment because there's nothing they bring to the table, you know? Chief, I don't want to hear that Charlo is avoided talk any anymore. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, it's always going to be there, my man, with every fighter. But you know, like the throwback guys that are still bringing that mentality, and and I'm glad that Jose, who's the trainer and manager, is instilling that in his fighter, David Benavides, like by telling them this is what we got to do. But just got to keep them on the right track, meaning make weight, uh, stay away from the outside distraction. And keep gunning for it, you know. Caleb Platt and them are obviously on a different, different, you know, uh, uh, 
track themselves, you know? I mean, they 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 probably want David Benavides, but it's got to be for the right amount of money. Don't forget, guys, this is prize fighting, you know? When people bring up, like, Sean Porter, why did Sean Porter get these fights? Sean Porter fought and cornered these champions to get these fights. It wasn't given to him. It wasn't one of those things that I deserve this. He he made it happen as a fighter, which you're supposed to do in the ring. So I, I really, really do enjoy that mentality right there, man. You know, um, let's see here what some of you guys are saying. Uh, look, James S. is saying, plant ducking David, like call support. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I mean, we're going to try to get Caleb Plant back on. Right now he's got that fight coming up. Uh, but you got to admit, PBC is doing a great job in promoting them, getting them up there. Because the more eyes that are going to be put on Caleb Plant, the more they can convince the mass that he is a superstar. He's something special, which he is. You know, you got to admit, he's one of the best uh, 168 uh, title holders out there, right? You know, and then Caleb Plant saying, look, I'm trying to get my uh, 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 mandatories out of the way. You know, uh, Caleb Truac was a mandatory. Let's get him out of the way so then we could seek further to the unification fight, which he's hoping to get with uh, Canelo Alvarez, right? You know, Canelo Alvarez has already got a fight scheduled for February, and he's looking to get his fight uh, set up with B.J. Saunders. So it might, we, don't, we don't know. Caleb may get that fight maybe late this year or early next year. But the way they're pushing them is because they're looking for that dollar amount. Look at how they're doing it. It's very strategically how they're doing this. It's, this is what a promoter is supposed to do. It's supposed to promote their fighter. Get as many eyes as they can. They see this is the biggest fight out there at 168. Caleb Plant versus, excuse me, Canelo Alvarez. Where the dark horses, like David Benavides, you know, you got uh, Berlanga. Uh, those guys are right behind them. And if Charlo steps into this 168 pool of sharks, God, it even gets the water even murkier. When you want to watch these guys just go at it, right? You know, um, you know. Here's the thing. Uh, like Jesus put here. Look, uh, Plan is not a superstar. Only hype. Well, time will only tell. You know, time is only going to tell. But I tell you what. PBC is the promoter to Caleb Plant, David David Benavides, and Charlos. Who are they investing more money in right now? Caleb Plant. He's got a title. Okay. You know, they're not really pushing the the Charlo middleweight, which would be facing like Andrade. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, why is there no talks about Gennady Golovkin? They're not doing any of that. They're using an all-American boy. Let's be honest about it. Caleb Plant has that clean white boy look, okay? And they see, hey, there's dollar signs here. Why? Because, you know, uh, pushing the race card, it moves the needle, it, it empties out pockets, okay? So if you have one Mexican guy, a Mexican superstar facing an American, which a lot of American, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, fans, they're, they're like, they, they're always in the hopes of getting that, right? You could call it a great white hope, whatever you want to call it. They're, you know, they want to be able to cling on. I mean, that's why the UFC kind of blew up so quick, right? You know, a lot, a lot of these guys they needed something to relate to. Now, Caleb Plant. Has not only does, can they relate to him, but he's got a great story. You know, he's got a good look. He does got a mouthpiece. You got to admit that. He does have a mouthpiece. He's got underneath the skin of David Benavides, Jose Benavides Sr., and Jr. 
right? So that's where their money's going. And I understand that's how they're marketing. Remember when they first were approached by Canelo Camp, they were like, no, we need more time. The money wasn't right. There was, you know, we had uh, uh, Caleb Plant after, uh, after, those, after those remarks. And, you know, he, he, he spoke his truth about how he felt. Well, I think what they're doing is they're prepping them up, getting them ready so that when negotiating tables open up again and they're sitting across from each other, they can now say, look at our numbers. Look what we brought to the table. And, you know, they want some negotiating power because at the moment, let's be honest, Canelo Alvarez could go fight anybody at this moment. Some will call it cherry picking, some will call it ducking, but Canelo is at a position, not, not you know, you know, uh, 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 of the line of people he's fought, but he's in a position because he's a superstar. He has a country behind him to decide which direction he's going to go. And David is the real deal. David is the real deal. You know, uh, Dave, David was actually like kind of like an urban legend, but a living legend in terms of the gyms, going going to each gym. I mean, going to the Garcia's gym when Cali Pathak was over there, going to the wild card, you know. Um, everybody had high hopes on, on David, and it, it's 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 coming along. You, you're seeing that development. You're seeing that this kid's got pretty much the package. Now he's just got to stay on that, that right track. He's got to stay there in order to continue on with his career, man. So really quick, what are my thoughts about Jamal uh, uh, Charlo moving up to 168? I would love it. I think anybody would love it. You know, there's no denying that at all. There is no denying that at all that anybody would love to see Charlo move up. But my question is, is that if your promoter's not doing much for you at 160 right now, meaning getting those other fights with those other available champions and trying to unify that 160 title. And you're chasing, and I don't know if it's chasing Canelo. That would only be the reason why he's moving up to 168. Or maybe Al Heyman told him, you'll get first dibs with Caleb Plant. I just don't see that happening because of the way they're promoting Caleb Plant. Like I just mentioned earlier, look at the investment they're doing, okay? If if Charlo, like, okay, let's play promoter here for a moment, okay? If I was Charlo's management, forget the promotional group, forget Al Heyman, but if I was in Charlo's team, I'd be like, look, if we want negotiating powder, power to get uh, Caleb Plant or to even get Canelo Alvarez, you know, if they even unified it, to make this even a bigger fight and to get the money that they're chasing. Because let's be honest, they're chasing not the fighter, they're chasing the dollar, okay? I would say we need to unify. We need to put pressure on Al and PBC to get us these other titles. We need to get a fight with uh, Triple G, okay? And why I say Triple G is because if you can knock out Triple G, it only sells it even more where people will even want. Now you got the Canelo fans in hand of saying, we want to see Charlo because what did Charlo do? If he could stop Triple G, which, yeah, you could say Triple G is like over the hill and stuff, but he would do something that Canelo could not do. If he stopped Triple G, he did something Canelo couldn't do in two fights, right? Forget the other stuff, you know, that he's, Triple G looks old, he looks slow. It's that, none of that matters because at the end of the day, the way you put KO reels and sell a fight is you just put on the little short highlights of it, and that's what fans are going to buy the most. Am I right? How many highlights did they put of Amir Khan by Canelo knocking out Amir Khan? If you're a hardcore boxing fan, you know that that fight didn't mean anything. That fight shouldn't happen, you know? Stopping Jose uh, uh, Josecito Lopez didn't mean much. You know that shouldn't have happened, right? 
You know? So that to me, then you unify it 160 for Charlo, okay? For Jamal Charlo. You take that, and now you got some leverage there because now you're now it's the unified middleweight champion of the world is challenging. Either I don't know, eventually it's if it's unified, if they if Kayla Plant and Canelo uh uh you know uh get to that point because you can never know, you know, BJ Saunders could could interrupt that, beat Canelo, but whoever's the unified champion at that division. Now you've got something even meatier. The unified champion of 160 versus the unified champion of 168. You know? I just don't understand why I'd leave a division with unfinished business. If you're not even getting the fights that you're asking for at 160, what makes you think you're gonna get them at 168? I'm pretty sure, like Jose Benavides Sr. just said right now, we're we're open to that. We already made calls. We already called about that, which means he called the, the their promoter who they're underneath the same banner. So let's see if that happens. I'll tell you right now, if forget okay, is it a good fight between uh Charlo versus Benavid? Absolutely. The hundred if he gets up to 168, takes on that fight with David Benavides, that's a mega fight. That's a big fight for us hardcore boxing fans, right? You know? And that actually puts a lot of cloud if he can beat David Benavides. Because David Benavides has kind of been like the most devoted guy at 168. And he's actually been the guy that's been, he's like, everybody else seems to be holding the crown for David Benavides, if you really think about it. That's the talks, you know? Underrigger says, to get Canelo in a fight, one must bring something true of true. Legacy value on, on to the table, bouts or the name of both. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know? Chicano Prophet, Jamal is going to be given a get-to-his-feet-wet weak opponent when he moves up. I don't doubt that at all, Chicano. I do not doubt that at all, man. You know, um, let me bring on my partner here with me. We talk some boxing here on Leave the Ring. What's Yo, what up, up compadre? Que onda? <laughs> I literally just got back in. I was going to actually show you a little button they gave me. Forget really? it, forget it. Vaccinated. I left that shit in the front room. Right on, did you did, hey, you did you scream? Bro. Did you scream out loud before? And the lady's like, "Look, I'm putting alcohol on your on your arm, man. Relax." <laughs> <laughs> nah, she told me to just look away. I, I don't even have a problem with shots, to be honest. Oh, I'm I'm such a big I'm I'm Manny Pacquiao, bro. I ain't afraid of needles. I I just can't do it. I mean. I, I have to. You do. You, you, you got to do blood tests and stuff so like that. You, you got. You got. Uh, you don't like needles, but you got a lot of tats. I don't got any tats. <laughs> I don't, man. My tattoos are inside, Vato. My tattoos are inside. Whole time. What up, chat? How's everybody doing? James S. G. 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 The gatekeeper. Yeah, he kind of is the gatekeeper now. Except he doesn't want to. He doesn't even want to allow people to get to the gates. No. Unless they're Steve Rolls. Yeah, <laughs> 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 that's a good one, bro. I literally ran up, uh, took the elevator back into my building or back up to my floor, ran into the to the apartment and got right back to the uh, leave it in the ring New York studios. Definitely, man. I was just reading the text here. Uh, we got a good show coming up on Monday. You know, like I said, I, I, I had some free time. 
Um, I was trying to get Jose, but because our time conflicts with their training, um, I was like, damn, okay, let's just do it. You know what I mean? I had some free time. I was over here outside fixing my fence. Uh, I had my, one of my trees fell over. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, man, we definitely wanted to do that. Hey, let me ask you, let me ask you, Mokar, since I got you on here, okay? Um, what are your thoughts about Jamal Charlo skipping out of the 160 division without making, honestly, a, a, a big statement there? Uh, was actually starting to gear up there. I mean, I thought he was getting a good run. Um, Has he said he's doing that? That's what the talks are. That he he's might he might be jumping up to one sixty eight. I don't like I don't like that. I don't like that. You know, historically, middleweight along with welterweight, uh, you know, light heavyweight, lightweight, and heavyweight are the not in that order, obviously, but those are the glamour divisions of the sport, right? You could throw in right. uh, twenty six there too. You know, 168 is big right now because of Canelo. Historically, it has not been the glamour division that the middleweight division is. And I think Charlo's got the skills, the talent, and the mentality to clean 160. You know, it might just be frustration for this kid going, look, I'm not getting anywhere at 160. Um, the, the, the cash cow was moved up. Um, it looks like he's going to stay up there. Uh, I'm not going to get, you know, uh, Gennady Golovkin, he's probably not going to get uh, Demetrius Andres. Um, and he's like, there's nothing here left for me to do. With, but but I, I still don't think that there's... I mean, we don't know exactly what they're talking about. Fight is a gettable fight if he really wants it. Um, Triple G is another story. Triple G's... Honestly, someone's just going to have to explain to me what Triple G's doing. You know, if I was playing promoter with him, I don't know what I'd be saying, to be honest with you. Because I don't think at this point in his career that he'd be very competitive with either uh, Charlo or Andrade. And I'll be honest, he was ducking Billy Joe Saunders. He straight up was. Like, they asked him about Billy Joe, and he started to laugh, and he refused to answer the question. And the next thing you know, he's fighting Steve Rolls. Because I guess Steve Rolls is a bigger name than Billy Joe Saunders. <laughs> oh, I know. That's so crazy, you know. But, you know, I did say this. If he did jump to 168 and, you know, we just had Jose Senior on and he was like, we like that fight. We want that fight. And I've already called, you know, our promoter about making that fight ha happen if he makes the jump to 168, eight pounds up, you know. Um, and I'm like, well, then you got to kind of forgive him because he's actually going to the to the mouth of the lion of the division. If, if Charlo was like, okay, I'm making the jump to 168, I mean – that's pretty forgiven, I think, if he gets in there with David Benavides. Yeah, absolutely. And we're looking at uh, some, I'm looking at something D-Style just said. He's absolutely, it's absolutely true. 140 and 154 are not the original divisions. The original, original right. divisions were featherweight, lightweight, welterweight, middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight. You know, these other divisions were added in later on. And you could say it was for safety. You could say it was to kind of add in more championship belts, but... Originally, it was for safety. It was, um, you know, yeah. guys cutting weight. Uh, you know, you're getting more uh, brain damage and, and whatnot, uh, more damage to the body. Uh, so they were making that decision to to fit in these other weights in there. Um, but, you know, obviously, there's got to be money to play with that as well, you know? Yeah, so he's going up to a division that, apart from uh, Roy Jones and James Tony, has always been a kind of a European division. 
it's, right. it's changed obviously now with Canelo winning the title and, and doing this thing there and obviously playing but uh, yeah I, I, I was listening to Uber on the way home and you were talking about Plant and kind of the push he's getting in the chat I was mentioning the fact that you know I watch Undisputed uh, kind of I, I don't really watch it for the sports analysis I mostly watch it because I find Skip and Shannon pretty entertaining mm-hmm. just listen to you talking about anything I'll, I'll laugh about it and yeah they've been doing plant promos all week yeah you know? he was on friends and fox today in the morning yeah there you go i mean it, and, and let me ask everybody here that's online with us and everybody listening on demand it does does what teofimo lopez get from top rank anywhere come near to this because to me the answer is unequivocally no it doesn't i mean uh I was getting into a debate with a guy who posted a comment on my channel related to a thing I, I posted yesterday about, uh, about Teofimo not getting a push by Top Rank, and this guy invited him to debate me. He was also saying that Top Rank did everything they could for Rigo. I'm like, okay. Anyways, <laughs> I, look, I, I, don't, I don't see them doing this for Teofimo. I don't see him on first take with, with Kellerman and, and Stephen A. Smith, let alone doing SportsCenter promos, let, let alone on Good Morning America. Because guess what? The equivalent of, of Fox and Friends is Good Morning America, isn't it? Doesn't ESP it doesn't ESPN yeah. belong to the same network of families as ABC? She should be up there with Michael Stratum and everybody else talking about how he's the undisputed lightweight champ of the world. Again, that's a classical uh, premier glamour division in boxing. Yeah, but that goes off of, of image. It's all about image. And we talked about this on Monday. You know, Teofimo Lopez should be pushed as, I mean, or or should be marketed to the hip-hop uh, audience, you know? He's got that look, you know? He has, he comes across, he, you, you can, you know, those, these kids can relate to him. Caleb, you know, Caleb Plant is, is, is pretty much the dream package of a boy band without the rest of the band in, involved, okay? That's the marquee doing. mark of the 168-pound uh, division. Or do you see him more as one of the Backstreet Boys? I see him. Ask me the question again. I'm sorry. What was it? Not what? Do I see him as? You said, you said he's he's equivalent of a boy band. So I ask you if he's equivalent of Marky Mark or the Backstreet Boys. Yes. Uh, Marky, Marky Mark. Marky Mark. Marky Mark. Marky Mark is a little bit more thugged out. So. Well, I'm look sure at. I mean, they, they had. They took a promo picture. I know that, but they took a promo picture of Kayla Plant leaning on a lowrider. You know, so I mean, they're 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 trying to keep them urban. You know, but at the same time, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to build up an all-American boy, okay? And and that sells, no matter what, that sells. That sells here in in the states a whole lot. I mean, he he can't come across. He's not going to get the the Mexican audience. He's not going to get Asian audience. Um, it's going to no. really really be hard for the black audience to you know to to you know, uh, embrace this guy. So they're going to go that route. And I think it's a genius move. You know, it shows you that Al Heyman is just not stuck as, as he's accused of like, Oh, he only, he only promotes you if you're a black fighter and all that. That's, no, that's that just shows true. that's not true that's at all. Not true. Yeah. I'm going to be real. And I didn't go into this enough on, on the, uh, the last episode of, uh, live at five, by the way, this is a special edition of live at five, leave it in the ring. There you and go. thanks for, for leading, leading it. But, yeah, I mean, look, f- say what you will about Heyman. He promotes everybody or he manages does. everybody. You got to be careful about the Ali Act, right, Dave? Yes, he he does. does a great job managing everybody. And 
he typically does not promote people along ethnic lines. Now, I've said this this week about uh, Errol Spence. Yes, Errol Spence, you know, flies his own little Jamaican flags and has his own little patch uh, with the Jamaican flag, but they don't promote him as a Jamaican fighter. And they don't promote uh, their, their, their fighters uh, along, whether they're a Mexican or, or Puerto Rican or, or, in this case, Kayla's plant case, uh, Wasp American. You know what I mean? They just promote them as the fighters. Top Rank does not do that. Top Rank taps into your, your ancestral background, your national background. And if you, if you do well at that, hey, hey, guess what? It works for you. And if you don't, you don't. If you, look, every, every Puerto Rican they've uh, promoted as Puerto Rican. Every Filipino they've promoted as Filipino. Every Mexican they've promoted as Mexican. And they've gone as far as to create like these battles. You remember those pay-per-views back in the day? They, oh, in, Philipp- the Philippines versus Mexico? Filipino versus Mexico and Pinoy power and all of this stuff. I don't think of it. I, there's the PBC does not do that. Right. No, no, it doesn't. What the PBC do is trying to do is market the fighter. That's what they're inserting is the fighter is what they're trying to do. Now, though the PBC has not created a superstar yet, let's be honest. They haven't got across Kaylee Plant may be the first guy that you're trying to push as the superstar. Look at the key words they're saying. The next superstar. I think the biggest star that they've made was probably Deontay Wilder. And he started early on with Golden Boy, right? I mean... Well, he, he was he a Golden it. Boy and Lou DiBella. Then now he's completely with uh, with PVC. But even with, the, right. even with Deontay Wilder, honestly, they didn't do much with him. You know? Deontay pretty much promoted himself. Yeah, I, I I don't see the backing. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Somebody can point this out to me, but I did not see the backing that I'm seeing that what Caleb Plant. And I think it's genius that they're taking advantage of what they got here. I was looking at D-Style. D-Style always makes me laugh. He goes, country boy will survive. I think he's talking about Plant. Then he says, Plant just isn't the country boy guy. He ain't a, ye- a yeehaw guy. Well, that that's probably true. You know, he he definitely isn't presenting himself as that. No. Look, if Caleb was signed to Top Rank, they'd have him coming out with a a piece, piece of hay in his mouth on the back of a of a of a he, horse. Yeah, he would have a subway commercial already. Yeah, yeah he he he'd have like all leather outfits. He'd be in cowboy boots, cowboy hat. They'd get one of these country guys to do like his entrance. That's how Top Rank promotes their fighters. You know, they, they probably, whatever celebration takes place at the Grand Ole Opry in Tennessee, they'd have them fighting on that day, on that weekend. Trust that. Absolutely. You know, you know, here's the thing that PBC's got Caleb Plant. They also have David Benavides. I'd like to see them put a little bit more with David Benavides, but I think they may be a little hesitant because of the weight, because of the outside problems. They're probably looking at, let's see how he looks stepping back in, uh, which he's supposed to step back in in March. 12th, right? Um, why? Because they've dealt with this before. Let's not forget they had Kristen Nyman Oriella, who was always up and down. He was a roller coaster. You know, they knew they could make a lot of money with Kristen Nightmare if they had to win a heavyweight title. They wanted him to be the first Mexican weight heavyweight champion of the world at the time. Look how many opportunities Chris was given, but just couldn't hit that pinnacle, couldn't grab it. It was right there across the table, and he just couldn't grasp it and stuff because of the disappearing disappearing discipline part 
of his career. David Benavides, I wonder if they're saying sit back going, let's see. We got to see, you know, before we push forward. Caleb Plant has I not. Like the way Benavides comes out. He comes out to the red flags. That's gangster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He's not draping himself in any kind of like patriotism or false nationalism. He's repping himself. He's repping what he's trying to do. And guess what? Visually, it's super appealing when you see him coming out with all those flags and everyone's in red. I don't know what you think, Dave. I like that. I like it. Yeah. The bandit. I like it, you know? Um, You know, I mean, look. Stepping away from that there a bit, we're talking about a kid by the name of Ryan Garcia that is a genius as well and how to promote himself, you know? And, uh, you know, uh, let me see. Where's that comment at right now? Right. Well, Andre just put, he said, look, apart from Canelo and AJ, I don't see many superstars today. There are a few that are walking to that status, but there are two are, are, are the only ones. One can say that they are superstars. You're absolutely right. Look, Canelo had, he was on two channels alone in Mexico. So he had a lot of eyes on him. So he had a country to back him up when he came here to the States. Okay. He's putting on the best fights available that he can get a hold of. He's doing his part in that. Okay. Uh, was he suspect in the beginning? Absolutely. He was big time suspect. I was like, you know, I, I remember doing a show and I was like, is this, are these guys the savior of Mexican boxing? Oh my God, we're in trouble. And I'm talking about Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and Canelo Alvarez at the time. But I think he's already, he's proven who he is and where he's at. And that's why he's got a whole nation behind him. AJ is a, is a, is a, is an Olympian. He also has a nation behind him. These other fighters like Ryan Garcia, they don't have those gold medals. And they don't have a nation, no matter what. He's Mexican-American. He's really not going to get the Mexican fans to fully adopt him. He's got to do something else. So what does the kid do? Well, he gets on social media, something that they have a more understanding than us old folks like myself, okay? And he took advantage of it. Now this kid is now causing so much controversy. He's like in every news outlet. He's on like every. He was on Stephen A's new show, uh, Stephen A's World. And he said something that, that made an uproar. He talked about the belts here at Milcar. I don't know if you saw that. He said the belts don't matter. Well, that's what's they crazy. Just, they just look He's, good on me. ESPN, <laughs> I mean, that's actually crazy what you said because Stephen A. Smith is an ESPN personality, right? Right. And Ryan Garcia is on ESPN talking to him, but, like, Teo's not on there? Right. <laughs> But that just tells you, that tells you that fighters need to learn how to market themselves, you know? And, and, or or and, and, with better promoters that don't rely on uh, ethnic uh, weekends to sell fights. But you got to admit, though, who's more interesting to interview, Ryan Garcia or Teofimo Lopez Jr.? Oof, I'd probably say Ryan Garcia. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, look, he's a self-promoter and the greatest fighters have been self-promoters. I mean, the, the, a lot of the great fighters have been self-promoters. Obviously there are plenty that aren't, but Sugar Ray Leonard, Muhammad Ali, you know, uh, Hector Macho Camacho, De La Hoya, even Bernard Hopkins, you know, he was managing himself and pretty much finding fight-by-fight fight deals with promoters. Hey, he had, um, he had a Sulu Debella to get out of his contract. Yep. You know? Uh, Chicano Prophet put, I went to the Oriella and Clisco, thought I might watch history. Not even close. I was there, too. I was actually covering the event. Um, you know, but I knew that. He, 
I, 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 I knew he wasn't going to win that fight. Uh, you know, Dr. Kalishka was just too much. You know, I mean, it was raining the division for a reason. And, uh, but yeah, going back again. So anyways, going back with the whole marketing, you know, this is, this is what these guys, these fighters got to tap into, you know, because top rank has promoted guys to superstardom. You know, Oscar De La Hoya alone wouldn't have done it by himself. There's just no way. Oscar's personality was very cringy. Okay. Even though Ryan Garcia's personality is kind of cringy, but he says, Shit that makes you go like, what the f? And are you got blah blah blah? This whole belt thing, I actually really like what he said about the whole belt. Uh, belts don't matter here, Milka. I don't know if you heard that, but he was like, look, the belts don't matter anything. I'm trying to make the best fights. I'm trying to do what the people want me to do, which isn't really true. It's he's just putting a lot of words out there. Um, you know, a lot of smoke and mirrors, uh, in my opinion. Uh, by and. So pretty much he was trying to justify the reason why he wanted an exhibition with Manny Pacquiao by stating belts don't matter. The big fight. Well, he's right about that. He, I mean, that's it, what I'm saying. He is kind of right about it. It's like the organic tab you see placed on like food products. You know, the people who care, you know, they, they give a shit about the fact that it says organic on top of a box of cereal. But guess what? The most people don't really give a shit. They just want to eat whatever's cheapest and whatever tastes the best. And... That's Ryan Garcia. You know, he's, he's, he's out to be popular. He's not really looking for certification from from sanctioning bodies. To be honest, he doesn't really need it. And I was saying the same thing about Fury and the same thing about Joshua. They don't really need that at this stage in their career. Look at Joe Lopez says, Tio was on hot boxing with Mike Tyson yesterday. Well, I got to check that out. You know, you know. here's the thing, too. I saw that, too. I did it's, see some uh, of it. What up, Raw Boxing? is the fact that he was saying, uh, Ryan Garcia had said something about uh, the unified champion at 140. Who is the unified? We all know who the, uh, the who is the unified champion uh, in that division. That's Tefema, Fimo Lopez, you know. There is no denying that, you know. Uh, the kid worked his way up to the top of the hill, and he has earned, not deserved, he's earned that right to now pick and choose who he wants to fight next in his title defense, okay. But it's Ryan Garcia's job to pick at it, you know, pick at the the ego of Teofimo Lopez to hopefully get that fight, you know. But but where Ryan Garcia is gearing off to is really, if I might be wrong about, it, I might be way off about this here on Milcar, but I think he's picking the Mikey Garcia route, which is try to get as much money as we as I can before I end my career. Yeah. And uh, I can't really blame him. Maybe he's seeing big, bigger things from, uh, for himself beyond boxing. Maybe that's why he wants to pick up, you know, a fight with Pacquiao along the way and make a big event. He might be a guy that wants to make the big events as much as win titles and do the kind of thing that, with, you know, Floyd and, and Manny did in terms of jumping through the weight class and winning all these belts. Absolutely, man. You know, which goes into that subject about the boxing business, you know, um, which I, I got to recommend, uh, G Funky's, uh, show last night, man. I was able to listen to the entirety, uh, while I was trying to fix my, my fence and figure out what I was going to do with this fallen tree that fell on my fence. Um, and there was a lot, I mean, it was a good, good topic, you know, about the word deserve. And, uh, one of his listeners came on and, uh, was respectively debating with G Funk and D style, um, Punch Drunk, I think his name is. Sorry about that. And then I think Chicano Prophet was on there. And then um, somebody else was on there as well. 
And it's almost like the art of, in my opinion, there's a few things that have been lost in boxing. One is the, the, the word contender. Nobody really talks about contenders anymore. We talk about champions because there are so many belts out there. It's like Skittles, in my opinion. Um, you know, and then and then we forget that this is prize fighting. Then the word deserved, which I, should never be inserted in any boxing conversation. Okay, it's earned. Earn that shot. And the boxing business doesn't care about you deserving the shot. The boxing business cares about you earning it because that's the way they're going to market it, and that's how they're going to make their money. Let's not forget, boxing is a business first before it's a sport. That is very clear. They don't hide that from any of us. There's no curtain. You're not going to open up the curtain and go like, oh, shit, I didn't know this. I didn't know that the wheel was spun. There wasn't a hamster spinning the wheel, that it was dollar signs spinning that wheel. You know, so that was a really great conversation that they were having. Um, you know, how some fans are still stuck on deserve. Hate to say it, guys. Well, I forget who deserve said it. it. It's not what you deserve, it's what you negotiate. Absolutely. You know, especially in a professional sport that's a professional, honestly, business where fighters essentially independent contractors working a job at a time. You know, they're they're not in a league, they're not part of a sports team, right? They're not part of the Olympic program fighting for their country unless they're amateurs. The program is its own animal, man. So yeah, it's 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 not like you've qualified for Wimbledon and then you've got a fair way to the championship and you win it like in a tennis tournament. No, right. it's, you got to be managed, you got to be promoted, the matchmaking's got to be right. You got to be at the right spot at the right time and have the right people behind you. I, I can't think of another sport that's anywhere like it. Exactly. You know, exactly. It's who you know in the business, you know. Unfortunately, they get you ahead in the game. Um, you know, I mean... You can't blame the fighter that's got the right people behind them to push them, that believe in them. It's just like the music business, to tell you the truth. Truth, you know, you could be the shittiest singer, but if you got the right guys behind you, the right producers, right record label, they're the ones that are going to put you up front first, you know? I mean, look, Caleb Plant, that's a, that's a perfect example. Is he the biggest puncher? Is he the most exciting guy at the 168 division? Why is he being marketed as a superstar? David Benavides should be the, the next superstar, the biggest puncher, you know? But he lost his title on the scale, right? But that's not the way boxing, you know, I mean, you would think that David Benavides would be promoted as the next superstar that has some problems. And, you know, the the audience that tune in are going to relate to him because America has a lot of problems. The citizens like of a, the like states. Almost like, Johnny, almost like Johnny Tapia. Yeah, you know? Uh, you, you would think that, right, that they would promote it that way. But, you know, they got to go with what they think is going to move move their fighters in a certain way to get these bigger fights. And the reason why Caleb is being invested in is because he has a title. Plain and simple. It's not because he deserved it. He earned it. Same thing with Canelo Alvarez. He's getting these fights, you know. Uh, the Yermid fight, nobody likes it. Nobody likes it, but he didn't deserve to pick who he wanted. He earned it, plain and simple. You know, he's the machine that's moving everything at the moment. He's the cash cow. Same thing with Anthony Joshua. He didn't have to fight Tyson Fury, you know, but there's so much money involved. He's like, yo, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Wow. Yeah, it's... Uh...
Uh, it's tough. I was actually looking at um, Johnny Tapia's career while while you were talking, David. Sixty six and fifty nine with thirty KOs, five losses, and two draws. They don't make them like that anymore. No, absolutely not. Think about think about this. Agent Broner's making a comeback. Okay, we're talking about getting in with undefeated Santiago. Uh, he's uh, looking. Um, I believe what is it, in March. No, is it February? I got it here on the on the ticker here coming across. I can't remember the date. Read it there. We talk about, you know, uh, like Andres put out there. He put up there. Uh, what's up, Outlaw? How you doing, brother? Um, sometimes the right guys are behind the right guy. Look at Adrian Broner. This guy's career should have been gone and done and over with. You know what I'm saying? But he's not. It's not. He's still got the right people backing him up. And he also has a fan base. <laughs> because he's fan base. He's very skillfully used social media, much in the way that uh, Ryan Garcia has, not necessarily to the extent, but he's got a big social media following, and um, he's got a lot of people that that are big fans, including Kenny, who used to be on the show with us. He's a huge Adrian Broner fan. Absolutely. What's up there, Philly? How you doing, brother? No sweetness. So I'm going to let you uh, take over, though, Dave, because I've got to get to dinner and a couple things before I hop on later with uh with oh, You don't want to comment about, really quick about uh, yeah, Danny yeah, Dubois' comeback here, his return, is looking at it's going to be gearing out for back? Yeah, they're saying that he's, he wants to come back in April or May. That's what he's uh, hoping to do, is come back. Well, I'd like to see him back. The question is, how do you bring him back? Uh, you bring him back slow? Or do you kind of get him right back up in there? I think you have to bring him back slow. Let's be honest here. He took a beating. I agree. So I'd be very interested to see who his opponent is going to be. Um, right. There are, a couple guys, there are a couple guys coming up there in the in the uh, in the UK heavyweight ranks that are not quite at the level that he just kind of left. So there's a Adebayle guy, uh, David Adebayle, I think is is his name. He's he's pretty good. He's fighting under Queensbury, and then um, there's the uh, heavyweight that uh, Dillian White is uh, is promoting. I can't remember his name um, off the top of my head right now, but he had that big KO win in his last fight on the uh, Dillian White undercard when he got knocked out by hmm. by Pavek. There's there's a few guys out there, but I think they got to bring him back against somebody with a name. I don't, I don't really want to see him against someone that no one's ever heard of. Well, the good um, thing about Dubois, though, is that they were building him into a name. So I don't think it's going to hurt him that much if he doesn't come back and fight somebody with that kind of credibility that you're asking for. That's my opinion, though. I mean, you never know. I understand where you're coming from, though. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. yeah. I'm playing promoter a little bit there, Dave, because I think that if you kind of take him all the way off the radar, it's going to be kind of difficult to bring him close to where he just was. How old is he? Uh, that's the thing. He's pretty young. He's like 23. So you're saying just I would say I would, I would go from the ground floor up is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, because he's young, you know, and in, honestly, he has probably hasn't even hit his peak yet. Yeah. You know, I mean, he didn't adjust very well to Joe Joyce off of a jab. He couldn't adjust to that jab. Couldn't avoid that jab. You know, I think that they need to do is go right back to that drawing board, you know, and not just, uh, you know, I got a good name for you. I got a good name. Go ahead. David Price. David Price? Yeah. He's got a big name. He's vulnerable. He's susceptible to being knocked out. That's the kind of name I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him against. 
the the fighter whose name escaped me earlier was Fabio Wardley. Fabio, um, yes. Remember, he he's he's actually coming along pretty well. Yeah. I'd stay clear of like a Derek Chisora, obviously. Uh, 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 Huey Fury, keep him away from him. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Gorman, he already beat. Uh, Dave Allen, if they at Allen is still fighting. Uh, maybe a Nick Webb, but you know what they need to do is they gotta yeah. put him in with somebody durable. No more getting guys that he's gonna blow out. You know, I get it. They gotta, you know, they in the beginning they had to do that to strike the interest to the fans for us to gravitate towards him to want to watch him. But now this is a complete rebuild the foundation on Dubois because he took a beating. I think they need to get somebody that's durable that's gonna give him rounds. That it's going to allow him to work, allow him to get more, get get that ring generalship, you know, that ring, that IQ in there that really is needed for him. Um, he's what about uh, what about uh, Emmanuel Chara or Trevor Bryant? I, I, I wouldn't mind Emmanuel Chara, you know. Yeah, I think that's a good one for him, especially if he's still holding on to that regular title. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, David, right. Billy, Billy Iris Drew Evo says, I saw a heavyweight on the zone about a month ago. I think he's from Turkey. He was an amateur till he was 35 and became 3-0 and in that show. Eddie Hearn promotes him. They said they want to fast track him to a title. Who was that? I vaguely remember what you're I, talking I about. I'm trying to think, too. I'm trying to... There's also uh, Herjavec, too. But, I, again, I wouldn't – he's I'm... not a big enough name, and he's kind of too – too dangerous, I think, right now for him. So I think Andre's putting it out there right now. The guys. Okay. Yeah, we got we got the hardcore heads on our channel. So always, always do I, here. I wouldn't expect anything less from our chat. Well, here you go, guys, man. I hope you guys enjoyed that Jose Benavides uh, senior interview. Um, again, we'll be back on Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Leaving the Ring. Uh, Emilio, are you still going to be doing the show? Oh, yeah. So tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time, we've got the Leave It in the Ring roundtable. And D-Style's already sent me the list of topics. It's going to be pretty good. So tune into that if you can. And then tomorrow, Friday, all right, I haven't sent out the Twitter post about it, but I'll do that later. Uh, it's going to be an open line on the uh, Leave It in the Ring live at 5. So kind of what we did here today, but open line any topics you guys want to discuss it's going to be open up on fridays for that but i will be leading in with just the state of the heavyweight division in 2021 Ooh. and let's talk about how it compared to the heavyweight division in uh 2011 all right in 2001 in 1991 let's talk about it you get the heavyweights are getting a lot of kind of hate uh from fans saying that the division's not that good but is that just us in a moment and reminiscing a little bit about, you know, our adolescence and our childhood and our what our parents told us about the heavyweight division back in the day? Or were the other eras really, really that much better than what we have now? So I'm going to kind of lead in with that, and I want to open it up to any topic. And that's going to be tomorrow, Friday, uh, for the Leave It in the Ring Live at 5 show. So I know it's kind of difficult for the people out there on the West Coast. Uh, but if you can pop up on Friday the 29th, 5 p.m. Eastern, that's what, 2 p.m. your time, right out there on the West. That's right, that's 2 p.m. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. There you go right there, man. Okay, everybody, you guys have a great weekend. I'll talk to everybody soon here on Leave It in the Ring. Sounds good, Dave. Ladies and gentlemen, 
damas y caballeros.